Good evening. My name is Brian, and I have never seen Alien. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm I'm Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) The beauty of all going at the same time. Uh, Welcome, everyone. We are here once again uh, to watch a beloved movie, I think, by many people's standards in the sci-fi genre. I would say it's the the main one that you you get. There's obviously some sub-genres there that that we'll get into as we talk about it. But we don't want to give too much away because Brian is joining us uh, on the podcast for the very first time uh, and watching Alien with us for the very first time. Brian, welcome. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Yeah. um, For those of you that have been longtime listeners of any Broken Clock podcast, uh, from the past, this is podcast superfan Brian, as he's been uh, <laughs> referred to <laughs> in previous times, because he he has listened to all of the episodes and tells me about it every time that he does. And I'm very excited and, and thankful to have him here for the very first time. It's a dream come true. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, we, you know, last week we watched The Princess Bride and it was described by Johnny, who had never seen it before, as a fever dream. So I want to know, Johnny, have you woken up? Is it? Have you settled in? Do you... Do you feel like it was still a fever dream that you're not sure was real or not? Yeah, that's pretty much the same side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought any more about it? Like, are you still in the same uh, same feelings that you had when we when we did this last week? Yeah, I, I had the same exact feelings. I haven't. It's still pretty good to me, and still profoundly strange. <laughs> nice. Uh, and Brian, we did reference you on that episode as well because you were watching it for the first time. Do you have any thoughts on on seeing Princess Bride? I know you weren't part of the episode, but you're part of this one, and you also watched that movie for the first time last week. Yeah, it it, it I kind of agree with Johnny's sentiment. I mean, the 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 film itself it it occupies a strange place in your mind it kind of lives in a strange place. It's, there's something like uncomfortable about it um, because it's, it's, you're not quite sure how to, how to, how to uh, digest it. Like one thought I kept having was who, who is this movie for? You know what I mean? Is it, is it for kids? Is it for tweens? Is it for adults? You know what I mean? I, I couldn't really put my finger on it. I, I kind of, I felt like it, it kind of had, that David Lynch vibe about like, even like look at like twin peaks or like blue velvet, how it's like the fifties, but it's not. And everyone kind of <laughs> is, is, is behaving in this weird kind of off kilter way. Um, I it, doing some reading on it and, and I did love it and I do get why it's a cult classic and doing some kind of reading on it. I, I read something that kind of shed some light on, on the vibe that it created was the novel it's based on is like a lot more satirical and it's a it's it's obviously satirical take mm-hmm. on high fantasy and and a lot of that may have been lost and in, in kind of cut out in the creation of the uh of the screenplay there so that's why it kind of it has this like ambiguous like is this satire kind of self-aware like it doesn't go full spoof at any point Mm -hmm. um so that's why i think it kind of like really gets under people's skin and kind of in 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 occupies that that kind of weird area 
that's it's it's indescribable because yeah and we talked about that last week because johnny had the same kind of sentiment and we your your reading of it of like how the book kind of frames it in a certain way was exactly kind of how we came away and discussed it so uh, it seems like you're you're right in line with the uh, with johnny's wavelength from last week so um but that was good that you were able to to watch it for the first time as well but that was last week's episode this week we're here to discuss alien um so brian uh what do you what do you know about alien and and why do you think you've never seen it um i i don't like to be startled i i I suspect that there are startling moments in this film um bridget finds that incredibly hilarious (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand why people enjoy being startled. Uh, I don't like to put myself in, in any situation where being startled is uh, um, something that's going to happen. Uh, so I, I think that like I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain as to why I've never watched it. I think that might be subconsciously a, a one reason, uh, one main reason, because um, I, I, I just get a vibe. I don't really know much about it. I know that there is an alien in um, some astronauts as well, but I feel like there are moments, uh, startling moments, and uh, I'm doing this watching, uh, you know, experiment here, knowing that I, I may be startled, um, and I'm, I'm not looking forward to that discomfort. But but I think for the good of the, this this experiment, I'm I'm willing to do it here, and I I think I might have fun overall, but we'll see. You also don't like old movies. Anytime I want to put something on that's like pre-1980, you're like, ugh. No thanks. <laughs> so, I think that's the fact. Almost made it. It's 1979. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll slowly branch you out to, to Oh, yeah, okay. So, time. <laughs> I don't know. I, for some reason, I thought it may have been like something from like the 90s or something. 1979 uh, kind of is surprising to me. Um, based on what I kind of know about the movie that seems kind of early to have such a kind of futuristic, I don't know. It seems like super modern as far as like in, in my mind about like how, like the production of the film. Um, so I'm surprised that it's like a, albeit late seventies, like a seventies kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, it, older movies, especially movies from that era, I, I I, I, there's like that whole thing of like, okay, this is like eighties funny, which like to me is not funny. And like, Oh, is this like seventies scary, which is like not scary. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see. One thing I know and probably is like the most obvious part is like the art influence by, uh, HR Giger, um, was, was a big influence. Now there is a, um, He's a disgusting man. Uh, <laughs> HR Giger. Uh, he's a disgusting man. And there's actually a fantastic documentary about his his um, vile life uh, that he uh, leads. Um, he lives in squalor in this small apartment. Uh, the walls are plastered with um, gay pornography and genitalia and there is a lot of bizarre uh imagery plastering the walls uh, in he's also a hoarder and he's a gross little man um and it, it's if it, 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 it's fitting because like his art is disgusting at the same time too and the alien himself from what i've seen is, is pretty gross he's a drooling alien is, is what i 
one thing that I know about the movie. There's the alien. Yeah, Yeah, the alien is wet. (laughs) He's always wet. And his creator is is a is a small, um, chubby, disgusting man who leads a vile life. If you ever get the chance to watch that documentary, I saw it on Netflix. It's 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 gross, and but it but it will help you understand his world as well. Um, so I mean, as far as like a, I mean, that's really it as far as what I know. I mean, I, I was jotting at work today down some thoughts, trying like racking my mind. I truly have never seen the movie or even like a clip or anything from it. So I know there's a short-haired woman in the movie, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's really it. Um, I mean, you, I'm you know a lot more nice. about the universe than I do. It seems like I didn't. <laughs> I've never seen that documentary, but you seem so well versed and ready for this movie. I'm well. I mean, I'm yeah, proud I mean, of you. The 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 his art is great. You know what I mean? Like that kind of biomechanical stuff, and yeah, that that really that really stuck with me. His uh, his his little documentary there. His uh, disgusting life. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's not terrible human life. It's truly vile. I'll be interested to see then, given given what you know then of the you know the person who designed the alien and like that part of it. I wonder how much that'll impact your enjoyment, or if every time you may or may not see the alien, you're like, I just remember that that scene from the documentary with the gay porn on his wall. Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how much that's going to impact your uh, your enjoyment here. Uh, but I'm excited now, knowing what you know. <laughs> To see to see what your reaction to the movie is going to be, um, Johnny and Bridget. What about you guys? What is your familiarity uh, with Alien or HR Giger Geiger <laughs> in general? Um, I actually saw Aliens first before uh, okay. Alien. Um, and okay, I so even there's a sequel. There's yeah, seven, seventy there's seventy-five mm-hmm. movies. I think. Really? <laughs> okay. Um, and no, this is and it's the first one. Yes. Right. Um, no, I saw Aliens, and uh, I guess to what works to its benefit, it's it's a standalone movie. Like you don't really need to have seen Alien to watch Aliens. Um, but to what to your point, Brian, about um, you talking about you know it being 1979 and it looking like modern. It's it, the one of the highlights of this movie is that it does feel like timeless. It feels like it, it it's it works today very much as it did back then, like the production design and the scares and everything else. So I, I, I'm not surprised you think that it's a movie from the nineties, Yeah. (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, I I had the last time I saw this movie was maybe four years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's not like I watch it regularly. I don't own it on Blu-ray. Um, but it is like up there with one of my favorite sci-fis or sci-fi horror movies. Nice. What about you, Bridget? Um, so I had not seen this movie until maybe six years ago, seven years ago, but I enjoyed it. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a landmark, um, in a lot of respects, you know, it's, it's good. I think it's definitely, it's like definitely a movie that like, oh, people should see this. Like if you're a movie person, like it makes a lot of what comes after it click. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's a good movie. It's a great just standalone, like, 
good movie. Um, I too have seen that documentary because we watched it together, and I'm surprised <laughs> at how much you remember of that movie. I I don't. <laughs> So, that may yeah. have to be a follow-up supplemental episode where Johnny and I <laughs> yeah, watch the yeah, documentary. Like <laughs> it's hard yeah. to get through. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I remember having alien toys as a kid, but never having seen the movie. Like, I vividly remember having the main alien figure that, like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to describe what it, what action it has because <laughs> that would give away <laughs> things for the movie. I know. But, there's there's there is a, a sort of cultural touchstone from another movie that I want to talk about, but knowing that that Brian hasn't talked about it, like I don't even want to bring it up. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll kind of fill in the gaps there at the end. But like I remember having, you know, toys of Alien, but having never seen it, and talking like like Johnny about seeing it out of order. My first, I think, film exposure to the Aliens universe was probably Alien versus Predator. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, I know. Which, like, because it, it was one of those things where, like, I was a teenager, it came out, I was in my 20s or whenever, it came out, and, like, we just went to go see it. I had, I was, right. I had no knowledge of the universe or whatever, so I saw that, and a lot of the, you know, through line of that didn't make a lot of sense to me, having not seen, honestly, either Alien or Predator at right. the time. Uh, and so then going back, I think it was probably, like, five or six years ago, an old coworker was like loves the alien franchise and was like, dude, like come over, we'll watch alien. We'll watch it. Like, and then we'll watch aliens like the next week, like just come over, we'll hang out, we'll watch it. And like, I loved it like immediately. I probably haven't seen it again. Like, I think I watched it like one or two more times after that, but it's probably been a good four or five years since I've seen it. Um, so I am excited to go back through and, uh, and revisit it again. But I'm like you, Brian, like I probably avoided it for someone. Cause I also don't really like being startled. <laughs> <laughs> especially like in in movies like i you know in movies games anything where like i can control my surroundings in my environment i don't want to no i and i i don't understand you know how people would even put up with that i mean it's the adrenaline all. it's just like bungee jumping or skydiving it's just the your heart races and you get a you adrenaline, get a little kick yeah. yeah uh, yeah, I guess. What's funny too is that, like, when I saw Aliens, it's that movie is very much an action movie because it's a James yeah. Cameron movie, and I was pleasantly surprised when I watched Alien that it's like tonally very not very different, but it's just it's much more of a like a psychological warfare horror type of movie than it is a run and gun movie like the second movie. Yeah. So maybe we'll see if we can get get you into those as well if you really like the universe, Brian. And, you know, it seems like, like you said, you know nothing of it, which I think is good. We obviously don't want to give too much of it away. Um, so uh, I think you going in knowing that it's a, a movie with a alien and a short-haired woman is, I think, the perfect. Yeah, and, and, and disgusting production design. <laughs> yeah. a, a wet alien and a short-haired oh, yeah, woman. A wet alien and a short-haired woman. That's right. Yes. That's what they should call the movie. We'll put it on a poster. <laughs> <laughs> Wet alien and a short-haired woman. Um, all right. Does anybody have any other questions for Brian or anything else? Brian, do you have any questions for us about anything to to be prepared for going in? Uh, are you going to be watching with the lights on? Uh, how, how do you think you're going to do this? Um, we will probably have a lights off viewing so we can fully enter the world of alien. And um, I think that's what the you know artist probably intended. You know, it's what I was. I was making some notes earlier today of of what I was in my kind of 
thoughts digging into my mind of thoughts and, and I, I I wrote down it's, it seems dark like there's not a lot of light in this movie so it's very dark so I think we should have a dark viewing room and kind of a dark atmosphere here so is this the first uh, movie on your new TV Brian um, well we, we've watched no there's been some there's been some other viewings there was uh, some Star Wars and there was Princess Bride oh yeah. right Princess Bride yeah. Bride yeah which is good nice so we yeah, were fired up so Brian, you have to say the catchphrase now, which is fine. I'll watch it. Oh yeah. All right, you guys have convinced me. Fine, I will watch Alien and be startled <laughs> and not like it. But maybe it I will. All right, we are back. Welcome back, everyone. We have uh, finished the film Alien from 1979 by director. Ridley Scott, Brian, you uh, you watched this for the first time. You were trepidatious going in, as you do not like to be startled. How are you feeling <laughs> immediately uh, post watch? I'm uh, relaxed and okay. un- unstartled. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I uh, enjoyed the viewing of it. I don't know. It's it's. I don't want to be negative. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to positives and negative, but like, but overall, I mean, would you say coming out of it, just immediate gut reaction? Is it, is it positive or negative? I mean, I think objectively it's good. Is it, is it my kind of thing? I, I don't, I, I'm going to say no. Um, okay. I, I, I could, I can kind of separate the objective, you know, part of it. Like, you know, critically say, okay, you know, it's good. But, but I can say like, for me, I don't know. wasn't, I th- I think it might be like a, just a product of like, it's one of those movies that is, I suspect to be kind of like the original concept that has been done so many times since then. Like it's, it's got a lot to it that has been done to death. Like the, you know, being picked off one by one kind of trope, the, you know, let's split up kind of th- kind of trope. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're being stalked. We're, we're trapped on a, on a, a ship, a spaceship, uh, you know, this or that. Um, and we need to hunt him down and find his weakness. Just all those things just it, it seem kind of like, uh, laborious to me in a way like you kind of know where it's going but i think the context of like this probably freaked people out in like 1979 because it was just it seems so ahead of its time as well um but I, i i guess looking through it through like a lens now um i don't know it's 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 good but it just seems like i've seen this movie before you know, yeah, so many times. Yeah, not um, this specific one, but you've seen the the tropes and you've seen. Yeah, that. I mean, I saw Jason X. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of like Jason X. Because that's the one that takes place in space, yeah? Correct, yeah. yeah okay. Or, you know, it's kind of like, um, what's the shark one where the shark's like flying all around in the uh, deep blue? Oh, deep Sharknado? blue sea. Lucy with LL Cool J. Yeah, so it's like it's it's deep blue, you know. It's yeah, it's, it's I, I love that movie. Yeah, so it's it's you know it's 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 that. Um, okay. 
Yeah, and I mean that's not that's not a wrong take to have, obviously, because I mean it is one of those things where you are watching it, you know, with twenty twenty vision, so to speak, meaning that you've seen everything that's come before it or become since it uh, before yeah. your viewing of this thing, um, which is you know it's one of the hurdles that will that will constantly have to kind of leap over with showing anybody something new for the very first time is that you know you have to to take that objective approach, like you said. Uh, where you have to look at it from, okay, is this standing on its own good or enjoyable, taking mm-hmm. out of the context of I've seen the you barely see the monster, it's picking people off one by one. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. So, Bridget, Bridget and Johnny, how are you guys feeling? Was this was this everything you you remembered it to be from, from years past and previous viewings? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yes and no, like it's held up, but I had forgotten like how scary this movie is to me at least. Like it has a lot of things that scare me. Like I am profoundly frightened by space as a concept. Just the idea of like being out in space, being stuck out there, like just and so it does it plays off of that really well. Mm-hmm. Um so I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of what i saw i enjoyed it yeah that's i mean that's good especially since you were you know somewhat familiar with the movie going in Mm -hmm. uh to to be still surprised is uh is always a nice thing johnny you said yes straight away i mean you're you're right there back to to when you you know saw it last right i I, the biggest thing for me that i love about this movie is that it just drips atmosphere i mean it obviously drips a lot of the movie but yeah it's very wet (laughs) it's very wet um it's like a monsoon on the ship but um It, it just yeah like the ship itself is like a character it just it had when i think about alien the first thing i think about is the humming inside of the ship like the most near mm-hmm. constant humming i could see some people maybe being like annoyed by it but i find it like pleasantly like cozy and i just i can't like a lot of the rooms on the ship too i mean there's a lot of dark places but there's like one room on the ship where it's like all the white lights inside and it's like the computer room or something like that yeah, that, mother, room, that that room is so room. cozy <laughs> <laughs> It's the one chair. It's only one person allowed in. You need special yeah. access to get in there. It's just, it's a nice little relaxing place. <laughs> it's funny. And, um, but yeah, just the production design of the ship is, is kind of incredible. Um, and I know before, uh, watching the movie, I told Brian that it's kind of timeless. And I kind of like laughed immediately when I saw the computer screen. So I was like, well, that's the thought. I, I mean, I, I would agree that it, you can say it's, it's timeless, but it's, it's funny, like, you know, in the 70s. It's like here's our futuristic ship, and there's just like CRT monochrome monitors right, right, everywhere. Yeah. But still, I mean, it still has that like kind of like industrial, you know, steampunky kind of vibe to it. I right, mean, it's, and it's, it's not. Yeah, that's something you could definitely get over and, and understand because the ship itself seems like it's like an old cargo ship too. So perhaps it doesn't have. It's not the most you know, most yeah. uh, right, up to date right. kind of like a kind of build there but um but, uh, there's nothing horny that or that has aged bad about that in any sense here i yeah. mean yeah i mean having the, the the ship have like a sentient kind of like navigator like identity like uh kind of like hal too i wonder if that's like a direct awesome, yeah. yeah and it's just like yeah. come on it's well i mean I mean, when did 2001 come out? Like, like 10 years before, prior? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 
I mean, you could see that there was some influence there, obviously, with that. I didn't think that that was, like, necessary to even have that kind of like that mother sentient, like, uh, right. navigator AI thing. Like, it really didn't right. add anything. It's just, yeah, they, I, I mean, they, like, I, they, they asked for help for it a couple times and it just didn't give anything. I mean, the <laughs> it most, is kinda, it is kind of useless, but, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, the, the surprising part is, like, Ash wasn't uh, a robot and their sole purpose was to, I guess, you know, three quarters of the way through some kind of mining or cargo mission to, to, to stop at this alien planet that they knew existed and, and have, you know, by coincidence, one of the people be grabbed by an alien and pull them back in. I mean, it's, it's like, Oh, it was all part of the plan, but like, you know, him going and, and getting his face, you know, latched on to by one of them. Did, didn't seem like a very, you know, calculated decision to bring the alien on board. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe I'm missing something. No, I mean, I mean, it did. The say alien, it, the, uh, the, the 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 robot's purpose was to make sure that they brought back one of those life forms, and it just seemed like it wasn't that well thought out of a plan. Like, oh yeah, we'll land on the on the asteroid or whatever, and well, I mean, on maybe the screen, we'll bring one of them back somehow, but you know, he wasn't. If you, if you I mean, Brian, if you saw on the screen, like the plan was like the crew is expendable, like they did, like yeah. they did. That's kind of like they they were maybe planning on the fact that they needed a host to get this thing off the planet or what have you. But I mean, I think maybe you're reading a little bit into it too much as far as like <laughs> how we get the alien on the ship and why it's there, but. Um, yeah, I mean, to your point, I think mother is kind of an afterthought, but I, like everything else, as far as like the mechanics, like everything feels lived in, there's levers and buttons and, you know, like there's just like a completely convoluted way of like turning on a bomb and off the bomb, like at the end of the movie, but it's still cool. And it's like, they didn't need to do it, but they did. Yeah. So, so at one point near the end, she decides to blow up the ship, which is a smart move, but near after a few minutes she decides she changes her mind and it's not really clear why i think she couldn't change it i don't i think she couldn't override it or something yeah but she she was able to add like five more minutes but she had to like she had to like get out of there because she encounters the alien as about as she's about to get in the pod and the sight of it wigs her out so much where she's like i'm not getting in that fucking pod so she tries to run back to override the self-destruct but doesn't have enough time. So then she's like, I have five minutes to get off this ship. I have to go into the escape pod. Like, with I have the no alien? choice now. Yeah. With Well, she the, doesn't know the alien is there when she gets in it. I think it was like her overhead like, luggage or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like, it tucks itself in. That it's there. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? It's in and, and near the end where like the alien um, when she goes into her escape pod and she thinks she's safe and then realizes that he's like in an overhead container and it startles her. He almost, the alien almost seems like kind of like tired at that. He's not like doing, <laughs> he's not like ninja around yeah. the trip. He just like tucked in a corner, like an injured insect. You know what I mean? And I was like, Oh no, is he like tired? Is he sad? Yeah. Is, is he, <laughs> is he oh, hurt? No. Cause, cause like before he's flipping around and doing cartwheels all around the ship and extending his mouth. And then 
And then all of a sudden, you know, when he's finally got one on one in this in this ship, like he's just kind of like cowering in the corner while she's while she's like getting ready to suck him out of the door. There, I think that was more of a survival instinct on the on the aliens' part, because I mean, you you hear mention of it with um, with Ash when he's when he's hooked back up, um, and he, you know, it's it's a perfect <laughs> organism whose ability to survive is you know, is paramount to it's like, you know, being like, that's all it wants to do is, you know, get things out of its way and survive and repopulate. And so I feel like that's one of those things where it maybe senses that the ship that it was on before is blown up and that this is the only thing. So I feel like it's kind of hiding out a little bit because it needs to survive and, and make it back. And so, right. Uh, I think that's why it's kind of cowering a little bit because I don't think it sustained much damage. I mean, it would have it would have been lit on fire a little bit and it would have obviously had all the smoke and the steam from, you know, the self-destruct and all the things just going haywire on it. Uh, But it doesn't you don't ever get the sense that it's like in peril. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that fourth act, if you will, was actually like added on like after the fact. Like, I think it was mm. tested first with it just blowing up the at the end of the movie. But I think it, if you really think about it, she never really had her sort of like one on one with the monster. Mm. I think she maybe hit it with some fire like at one point. But like, that's it. So I think they wanted to sort of have her go against it. Yeah, as opposed to just running and surviving. Sure. Um, so you talked about Brian, obviously, Ash being a robot. Did you sense anything from him throughout the movie? Did you see that kind of turn coming? What were your that thoughts was, on, on the character in that, that kind of moment? I think that he – I think that that was the most surprising part. I didn't get any vibe that he was like a robot or anything. I just, you know, people – you know, it's interesting kind of like a re- reoccurring theme was like everyone trying to like stick to procedures and like this is this the right way to do that? Is this the right way to do that? That's interesting. So, so I mean it was consistent with like how everybody was acting – so, yeah, I was surprised. I thought he was, like, when he started behaving strangely that he was, like, under mind control by the alien, like, from, like, some kind of spores or something. Well, but, yeah, you, you see the dripping, like, milky liquid that, that's yeah. coming down his forehead, so I, I definitely get <laughs> There's that. There's, like, spaghetti in there, too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like, he, yeah, he busts open his fettuccine Alfredo is flying everywhere. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was disgusting. <laughs> What did you think? What did you think of some of the other gory elements? Obviously, we've got the you know the face hugger, the chest bursting, the ripping apart of the robot. Like, what did you think of some of the you know body horror elements to it? Um, I mean, pretty tame, but but good. Uh, It it was kind of kind of funny when the (laughs) when the alien burst out. Not like in like oh that looks like shit kind of way, but like when he burst out at like the the dinner table there of the guy's chest and then just kind of scurries away. He kind of looked like a he was kind of cute at that point. (laughs) Yeah, the scurry is is the weird one. Yeah. It's, it's a little like Star Wars. Uh, they did period it in Spaceballs. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I always, because I saw yeah. Spaceballs before I ever saw this movie. So every exactly. time I see it, all I can think of him doing the like WB Hello, frog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually the same guy. It's John Hurt. Yeah. yeah. I always think of the same thing. It's it's hard not to, you know. <laughs> It's it's a lot. It hits a lot different when he's like having a seizure and the thing is like ripping at his rib cage and exploding out of his chest. <laughs> yeah. 
it's interesting you don't really get a good look at the alien either. I feel like some of the shots of, of like, I, I, yeah, they want him to be, like, kind of shrouded in mystery. But, like, I don't know. It's just, like, the editing around him, like, you kind of see, like, parts of him. And then he's it, – it seemed kind of choppy at some points. And then, like, he's in the frame and then not. And then it, like, cuts to him. And you never really get, like, a great look of, like – at least, like, in a movie like Jaws, like, you know, you get little glimpses here or there, but, it, like, there is a point where you see, like, the whole damn thing coming at you, like, a good look at it. You never really get a great look of the scale of the alien and, like, what in, – in, like, kind of what his deal is, you know, and, like, his his full posture is and, and what he looks like, you know, and his, his anatomy. Like, he mm-hmm. – I think, like, in the – I suspect, like, in the sequels you get, like – you know, more alien, but you know, yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of get that, little but, glimpses. Yeah, I mean, you also don't want to see like a six foot, like a seven foot man in a rubber suit running around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like, has a lot to do with it. Is the, the you know the timing of when it was made and the budget and and all these different things to where yeah, that would probably look real chintzy and take you kind of out of it. Yeah, it's so goofy. Yeah, it would be very much like the rodents of unusual size. I was about just, to say, yeah, yeah, instead of a small person, a very long person in a rubber suit. <laughs> yeah. Well, given what you could see, Brian, what did you think of the uh, of the design of the alien? You know, things like the, you know, the second mouth extending and the, you know, the silver teeth and the just the dripping. It's great. He was he was uh, really moist uh, and, and wet. But I mean, again, I feel like I, I wanted to see more of the alien. I wanted to see, you know just like him in the light and just fully exposed. I want to see what he's got and I want to see what he, what he looks like fully. Yeah. So it's a little disappointing. Like that. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the money really. shot there, but you, yeah. but it is at the point where it's like, Oh, he's already like, it's less menacing because he's flailing around outside of the ship and it immediately gets burned. So yeah. it does kind of take the luster out of it. Or I, I does guess. he? Oh yeah, it's a good point. We don't we don't know. What kind of activities would you like to see him doing, Brian? What like where would you like to see him in his element? Like oh, at the grocery store, like yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, just kind of walking around and just like the full cuz again, like, you don't really get a good sense of like the scale. You see him like standing in front of the short-haired woman at one point, but I I yeah. I mean, you don't get a great look, good look at him. I know that was an artistic decision too, but you know, I wanted to, I wanted to see the alien, and and you know, I, there's a lot more of those eggs still on the ship there, so there's plenty more where that came from. Well, no, the eggs are, are back on the on the planet. They, they didn't yeah. bring any eggs with them. Oh yeah, on that that, that yeah. Oh, the alien ship, yeah. Planet, yeah, yeah the, the other... alien ship on the planet here. So yeah, it, it would be cool if we got more of that that like ship there. That, that was some cool design well um, you're in luck they have a sequel where they kind of delve a little bit into that oh yeah. prequel okay. actually uh you're right prequel yeah, uh, yeah prequel. yeah um what do you think brian do you think you'd want to see other uh, other instances of of the alien franchise i don't know i, I don't know if I, I'd, I'd be clamoring for it but uh too early to tell yeah let me let me let me think about that for a little bit I mean, Johnny touched on it a little bit, but I think one of the, the really cool things is the sound design in this movie. 
yeah, really yeah. comes through. The you know, Johnny mentioned the hum of the ship that really makes it feel like it's an actual spaceship that is actually functioning and flying through space. Uh, I really enjoy the like the the beeping of like the little radar machine that they have because you know, like it get as it gets closer to Dallas in the air duct, like it gets more intense, it gets louder, it gets faster, and so kind of and then like obviously the the music is building a little bit, like the background the score, the score. Is great, movie. yeah. Uh, I I feel like that really lends a lot to it, um, and that's where I think things like the the fact that you don't necessarily see the big full shot of the alien is kind of made up for you know the lighting with all the different strobes and everything and the sound design that just like elevates it to this you know to this next level did you get any sense of that oh as far as like the sound design and everything i mean yeah it's that's i mean objectively like all the technical kind of aspects are 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 flawless (laughs) and well done here and creating the atmosphere and and all those kind of technical elements, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I a lot the, of... Go ahead, Bridget. Uh, the, that opening like scene, like, where the movie opens up and it's just this sort of, like, metallic, like, ambient noise as you, like, zoom in on the ship and you're, like, going through and you're seeing, like, the screens light up and the things bleeping and booping, it's, which does not make it... Do- the sort of ominousness any justice by calling it bleeping and booping but like just that <laughs> whole like scene setting like I was like sitting there like wigged out like just like ooh. it's great it's it's, it's the uh-huh. same the same people actually did they like, worked on Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. I think one guy was like jumped like the minute he was done with this he went to go work on uh Empire Strikes Back yeah, yeah some of the ship design is kind of reminiscent of Star kind of Star Wars Star Warsy a little bit I mean the, the very interior. first, and the very first shot too is that it's the ship crawling through the, yeah, like, the yeah. frame, just like at the start of you know every Star Wars movie. Um, so yeah, I mean there's there's definitely elements even as this is kind of like a very early on kind of monster you know chasing type type movie. Um, I definitely you know even borrows from other things that that came before it, like you mentioned with 2001 and Star Wars and things like that. Yeah. So I mean, Brian, would you you don't know if you would want to see like the sequels or? Um, not yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm not too. I'm not. I don't know if I'm interested. I think I've seen. <laughs> I think I understand. I, I, you think you understand? I it? think I've seen enough. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, just. I mean, what you, like, happens in the next one? There's another. I mean, I'll 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 kind of let you know the path this this franchise takes without really spoiling anything. But uh, James Cameron takes over the franchise for the second movie, um, and. By all means, by all accounts, people who have seen it, I mean, they, they, it's one of, it's considered one of the best sequels of all time to like any I've franchise. I've heard that, yeah. I've, um, I've heard that, so. It's 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 very good. It's a different movie. Again, like I said, it's more action oriented, um, and you get more than one alien. Um, so yeah, you get you get a lot of opportunities to see him in that one. Uh, the third Alien movie uh, was just plagued by production hell. It went through like five directors. It was like David Fincher's first movie, and he and he hates even like bringing it up in interviews. It's the same thing with like uh, like Dune with Lynch. He just doesn't want to talk about it at all. He doesn't want to like own up to it. Yeah. Um, but I will say, if you are interested in sort of like the mythology and the lore and like the that alien ship, Prometheus gives you a lot of food for thought. Like it's actually a, a decent movie in my at least in my opinion. I mean, was this the origin of this movie of Alien? Is this just like um, 
it was written as a movie. Was there like a novel or something uh, that this was based on? I don't think so. I think it's just some guy, uh, Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon, yeah. Yeah. Um, Who also, I believe, worked on Lynch's Dune or the Jaredowski Dune. There's a lot of people that either were about to work on Jaredowski's Dune, like Giger and him, and then they all sort of like ended up into Lynch's version later on. And if you've seen that version of Dune, it just... It half of it looks like the inside of the alien ships here, mm-hmm. um, and then they have a they have a pretty popular. I think it was well received, but an alien PS4 game or PS3 game. I don't know, Adam. Do you, is that right? Yeah, there's uh, there's a few, and some of them are there's one that's good, and there's a bunch that are like really really bad, and I don't remember which are which. Like, I feel like Alien Isolation might be the good one. Right, it's just really the one where it's, it's it's like the same thing with this, where it's just you're kind of running around, hitting buttons and levers, and this thing is kind of just stalking you silently. So yeah, it's like it's like deep, it's pretty much like deep space. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, uh, and they they've tried in more recent years because I mean, Prometheus came out in like 2012, and uh, the sequel to that, Alien Covenant, I think is like 2014 or 2015, somewhere in that range, I think. Um, and so that's kind of that was Ridley Scott like, coming back to the franchise uh, and trying to flesh out some of the lore in the backstory, which I mean, I think I thought the movie was fine. It definitely um, gets a little convoluted in what it's trying to accomplish. Like right. even when I was looking into it like today, I was like, I don't I remember it, but like I don't remember it making sense. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, I, like I, mean I, what it, I mean, yeah, what it does is it answers some of the questions here, but it just ends up raising a lot more. So it just doesn't, and that way it starts mixing it up and making it a little more complicated than it needs to be. But uh, I think it, it's better than it has any right to be. Yeah, and it definitely, um, it definitely parallels this first one a lot. Like, there's a lot of very similar story beats to it, right. um, but it does, it does tell its own kind of different story that isn't just. Hey, look, we found this alien and now we have to survive on this ship. Like there's a lot more going into it that really does a lot of the world building. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, if you are at all interested, I mean, there's a a wealth of alien movies and comics and novels, I'm sure, where it just, you know, dives into all the different facets of it. So, um, you know, if you did find yourself intrigued in the slightest, I would recommend at the very least watching aliens. I haven't gone back and seen uh, three or resurrection or three, any of the other ones. Four. But... Yeah, res- <laughs> what was that? The one where they're playing like basketball on a spaceship or something like that? I don't really remember it. Are we still? <laughs> is every movie like we're on a spaceship or like are there like aliens in New York at one point <laughs> or something like that? I can't uh, speak for three or four, uh, but okay. two is definitely space and Prometheus. I, and there is, I believe, space. there is some of that, Brian. Like. Like Alien vs Predator takes place in like fucking Antarctica or something. Yeah. But that one was a that that's like a joke though. Like Alien vs Predator, like that's just like yeah, it wasn't like, designed for, to be. Jason. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't created as a joke. It just became one because it's a bad movie. <laughs> it's a bad oh, movie. I was, you know, what I was thinking of. I was thinking of Freddy vs Jason. Remember that? Dude, that movie's a hoot. No, <laughs> didn't was it some girl like in a sleeping bag at one point, and then he slams her against a tree? Is that that one? No, this is the one where like there's a couple having sex on like a mattress, and he folds it like a taco, and like the... <laughs> <laughs> it just kills him that way. No, isn't like one of the de- one like the the least important Destiny's Child in Chase? <laughs> 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 
I, I don't right, we're remember. Getting, we're getting off track. It's getting way off track. <laughs> like the one that like no one remembers her her name was. Exactly. Was it Freddy vs. Jason? The least important one, apparently. <laughs> we had another horror movie cat this time around. Jones, yeah. I think his name is. Yeah. Jonesy, yep. Yeah. Jonesy. Yeah, he was he was good. He saw a couple of killings. Yeah. I, 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 there was yeah, some fear I in the room that the cat might not make it. And I was right. like, no, it's going to be okay. The cat's going to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like I I feel like a lot of times like I don't know if it's so much of a crux but I like I, a lot of like horror movie directors or movies they always use like a cat to like witness like something horrific happening cuz they almost have like no reaction it's not like a dog barking at something it's almost kind of surreal. Yeah. The cats just kind of watch the They kind of just watch the bloodshed. Yeah. I'm trying to think I have like a memory of a cat in a movie watching something and I can't put my finger well, on it. Well, I, I will say this might be it, but I'm not sure. But as early as our, as recently as the new it movie where that kid eaten by the clown in the beginning, there's like yeah. a cat across the street just watching the entire thing. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you're thinking of that, but I thought of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's all over the place, you know, all over the horror movies. Now, have you guys read into the fact that there's like a lot of like sexual overtones in this movie? Yeah. Like a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, so designed by yeah a terrible bio. <laughs> Wait, what's I didn't get any. Yeah, so like yeah, it's well, funny. I mean, I, what's what's so basically, Brian? Like, I think the big thing was like they kind of wanted to tap into what it would like the, a nightmare for males being raped, essentially, like like basically being impregnated by something without their will. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I didn't know much. I actually just before this kind of reading on it and Brian, like I didn't really pick that up either, but it's like a lot of the creators like fess up to it. They're like, yeah, that was kind of, we alluded to that a little bit. And, um, I mean, even the, the, the tiny alien that pops out was fairly phallic. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, even the, the choice to have Kane to have John Hurt be the one, like it was up in the air, I think their first choice was actually, and I forget the character's name, um, but the other woman on the ship was actually supposed to be the one to like have the the face like the face hugger, yeah, face hugger. I was gonna say face eater, um, <laughs> but they made a conscious decision. They're like, no, we want it to be a male character to have it happen to first. One, because right. like it's it's so typical like we don't want to have it be like a typical like oh of course like it happens to her kind of thing like right but like then to really amplify the sort of threat this kind of like masculine energy safety and strength okay right. he's gonna get it and he's gonna get bad and even like the way like the tail like wraps around people's legs and like all, like it's the alien is covered in KY jelly, <laughs> which is not <laughs> maybe not explicitly clear, but like once you know who it is, you're like, um, yeah, when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. The, they're climbing into a giant vagina to like get into the alien spaceship, which is like a big <laughs> dicks on both ends. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I mean, there's something. There's some glaring things, and then obviously, obviously, there's some things you could really read into as far as some of that stuff, but uh. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to read about it, but again, there's theses and books and all this other shit on it. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's worth noting too, I mean, uh, that this movie kind of pioneered the like uh, lead female action star, if you will. I mean, 
she kind of paved the way for like all like the, the fifth elements and the resident evils and all those other you know uh you know female-led movies that was another thing i was reading too which was interesting like when they started production and started to cast they did like they sort of made all of the characters essentially gender neutral and then would seek out actors and performers and kind of like when they found the right person they're like okay this is it um and one of the reasons that they ended up picking Sigourney Weaver for Ridley is they had brought in like some female production assistants to like go through and and like watch these test auditions and like all of the women were like her like you you have to make her Ridley like she's right. it like don't hire like these guys that you've had like auditioning and she is such a good she's walking a very fine balance of you know like being strong being weak great like final girl yeah running back and forth like trying to get to the pod and then running back trying to get back and they have all those strobe lights just the way her bone structure is and that strobe is in her she's got these like her face is so carved out like her cheekbones are like this sunken look so she's like flashing between like just a frightened human face and a skull like it's just so she has a look for sure Mm -hmm. she has such a look but you're right too in the fact that yeah you're right in the fact that like the not only the characterization but the way in which Sigourney Weaver plays her it is that that fine line between you know strong character you, you know Gen, you know, male or female, like yeah. she, she clearly oh, exudes strength. The, yeah, but, but she's then, not like a strong female. Yeah, exactly. Male character. In yeah, I mean, she, she, she acknowledges her vulnerability in this, um, but she's also very strong. And even in the sequel, where she's doing a lot more of the run and gunning, like Arnold Schwarzenegger type of shit, she never pretends that she's invincible. She always knows that there's a threat. She always knows that she'd be killed any minute. Yeah. And I think they do a good job, too, even in this one, of being like, okay, she's strong and she's capable and she's smart. Like, she knows the procedure. She knows what to do. You know, she doesn't look like she's out of her element when she's carrying the the radar thing or the flamethrower or any of the other, like, you know, things that you would typically think of as, like, a male action character. Um, but at the same time, she's also vulnerable enough to be sitting there, like – crying because she's scared that she's going to die and that all of her friends and you know crew members have, have died um so i mean they it never once feels like it's too stereotypical in either direction of she's not a damsel in distress but she's not you know quote unquote token strong female character right. where she's making these impassioned you know power speeches or whatever that seem trite it, it very much mm-hmm. is just a a good characterization and that's just a credit to you know the the directing but also the writing and the actor yeah. to to be able to pull that off uh, and i think that's one of the the strengths of it as are the rest of the cast i mean all of the everybody really does uh mm-hmm. you know great in this i really love the two like engineers i love some of the like the little moments with like harry dean stanton um where he's just like you know like he takes the time to let the water drip on his face he makes the little comments i do enjoy the you know when they're all sitting there like hanging out and he's just like right right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah good ensemble yeah. vibes 
Like, yeah, I I love the um too the like the deliberate pace of it. You were talking about like that scene where just the water's dripping on him. It seems to kind of go on for a bit, but like the whole like first act or like plus a little bit of the second act has such a deliberate pace, and then it just like starts going faster and faster and getting more and more claustrophobic. Like less let the rooms are less lit, the tunnels are less lit. Yeah, haunted house like totally smoke and yeah, the whole movie around the corner. And... The whole movie is basically that hallway in Willy Wonka where it just gets smaller and smaller right. as, you, as you get towards the door. So true. Uh, it's basically it's basically that because it does. And even in that moment, we're like, yeah, OK, he is in there for a long time, like letting the water drip on his face. It's still filled with like the appropriate amount of tension because, right. you know, the alien is big and, you know, the alien because like, he found the like you know, the little thing, but like, you know, something's going on. Like at any point, like even watching it now and knowing what was going to happen, I was still like half expecting, you know, like a big glob of the KY jelly to like fall on his face, even though I know that's not what happened. Like I still expected it because it did, you just feel that like something's coming and you don't know when. So it kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. Um, And I think that speaks to the the deliberate pacing you're talking about, Johnny. Right. And even like, like you said about like not being able to recall like how maybe a certain person dies because it's just so, uh, the way it's lit, it's so dark and it's hard to kind of tell what's happening. So it's almost like every time you see it, it's like, it's, it's like a new, it's like you're watching it for the first time again. Mm -hmm. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out this one detail that I saw in the movie. And it was the one time that I really laughed out loud. When Ash is like about to flip out or whatever, and she's ha- he's having a conversation with Sigourney Weaver, um, on the wall there's a bunch of porn on the wall. I don't yes. know if you saw this. Okay, above... when he's trying to kill her. Yeah. Yes. So there's a bunch of porn on the wall, and there's just one picture of four sunny side up eggs <laughs> in a frying pan. <laughs> like I I, I I had to pause it and go back, and I'm like, oh my, what? Yeah, like <laughs> you, see, uh, you see all these naked ladies, and then you just see like four eggs cooking in a skillet. Well, I thought that, like, is that, like, one of the dudes, like, bunks over there? Yeah. The, the one that's, like, oh. Oh, oh 100%. He's kind of, like, can't yeah. wait to, like, eat real food when he gets home. I exactly, yeah. Like, he's like, talking I... about food and he's talking about women. And it's just, like, oh, this must be his. So it gives you that little bit of personality of, like, I love you know, it, dude. It was great. Yeah. And, like, I... on, um, and, and one thing when you guys were talking about, Sigourney Weaver near the end of the film, her underwear is so small. Yeah, yeah. like it's I think too that's... small. <laughs> like it's like you know, it's kind of like, come on, is are they really wearing underwear that small in the future? It, like under your spacesuit like that? She's pretty. Yeah, it just doesn't I don't know. seem. Oh no, it is. I mean, yeah, she is. But like the underwear is like, if her like normal underwear size is is like. <laughs> Like a medium, this is like a, a small. It's like a size too small. It's a size too small. And it's like halfway down her butt, and it's just like, come on. It kind of like, well, I think she. Did, well, that was a deliberate. Yeah, I wonder too though. Choice. She well, because she gets undressed to relax, yeah. but she never adjusts anything. I feel like if she adjusted it, you it would be normal. But I feel like it was just a. What do I got to adjust it for? There's nobody here. Like, it's fine. I'm just going to put the cat down and I'm going to, yeah. like, go grab a, a snack bag from the, the you know, the Yeah, what do you think me and Bambi are doing mm-hmm. while you're at work? I'm putting on two <laughs> right. small underwear. Yeah, not adjusting anything. Not adjusting anything. <laughs> Nobody's business. Yeah. Nobody else here. It was distracting. <laughs> <laughs> it took me out of it. Yeah. 
Well, thankfully that happened right at the end, and there wasn't yeah. like a scene yeah. that there wasn't the too small too small underwear scene in the middle of the movie. Um, so, but I mean, I was concerned about being startled, but like there was startling moments. But I I don't know, maybe I just was anticipating it all so much that I didn't I didn't get that jolt. There was like half a dozen jumps jump scares in the movie, and I didn't get a reaction. On any Bridget, of them. Bridget, can you confirm? Was there any reaction? Was there any jumps? No reaction. Like, I've seen the movie, and I was more spooked than he was. I, I, like, I was like, You know, I was not in the spook. The movie did not... For me to get spooked, I have to be kind of, like, unsettled and, like, put... Like, Princess Bride got me more spooked than this. The fire swamp really did you in. Because, like, I don't know. There was something, like... There was... It wasn't like that uncomfortable of a premise for me. Like, okay, we're in, I don't know. It just seemed like, like we've been here before, you know, in the ship being chased by the thing, like, you know, again, Jason X, you know, you've seen, <laughs> if you've seen Jason X, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, think, I think part of it is probably your, like, you knew that there was the potential for jump scares and for startling going yeah. into it. So I think that kind of played in your head a little bit to where, like you said, you were almost just psyching yourself up in mm-hmm. preparing for that, those moments to come. Uh, and I think part of it too is, is that you've, like you said, you've seen other movies that are very similar. So that kind of takes some of the tension away, but also just knowing that it's a ship with only so many places to go and they've told you it's in the air duct. So, you know, in most instances, the air duct is above you. And so, therefore, I, I have a feeling you were probably looking to the upper portion of the screen or the upper corners of the screen for it to come in rather than just being like present in the whole field of view and being startled by stuff coming out of the corners. Is that is that yeah. fair? Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, Brian. Yeah. I- so Brian, a question then, like, what would you consider then a movie that you remember being scary or you know startling, if you will? I mean, I I've known you for a while. I don't think you're a horror movie guy at all. So I think you were gonna walk away no matter what with the sort of critique of not being like on the wave that wavelength, if you will. But are there any examples of movies recently or in the past that have scared you or startled you um... in ways that this one didn't? I'm trying. I don't really watch a lot of horror movies. I'm trying to think of like. I think the scariest movie I've, I've ever seen was Jacob's Ladder. It's a, a classic. I don't know if, if you're familiar with no, that. No, yeah, of course. Yeah, one. yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they're like a psychological like horror movie. It's yeah, just, I mean, it's just it's more unsettling in kind of those terms. Some uh, like David Lynch shorts have like his early David Lynch shorts are, like just scare the shit out of me. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I. Other than that, I mean, I. It, yeah. If something is is weird. Jason X didn't scare you. <laughs> <laughs> it changed my life. It ruined my perception of every movie that has to do with space ever since. But uh, yeah, all the Star Wars <laughs> sequels are like, I remember this part in Jason X. This is ridiculous. I've, if you've seen, I think the rule of thumb is that you should just watch Jason X when you're a child, and then you've seen every movie yeah, from they, that. You just you've seen it all, so yeah. When we're ready to wrap up the podcast, we'll bring you back to show all of us Jason X or show someone Jason X, and then we'll have all seen every movie ever. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I got like I, I, again, it's like technically good and everything. I just felt like like we've I've, I've seen this movie in so many you know 
in so many ways before, you know, and, it, and it's not this film's fault. It's just, it's no, just t- be time ruined it for you. You didn't see it when, I mean, I saw this movie when I was probably, I don't know, nine or 10 years old. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, that's kind of like an ideal age that, not an ideal age, but I mean, at an age where you haven't seen Jason X and all the movies of the world, well, I and mean, you I, did, don't know what they're on the corner, but I seeing it now and you're kind of, again, I think, I know you're not taking to task, but it just, you've obviously seen it all before, but this also kind of pioneered a lot of uh, different elements and things that you've seen. So like Jason X. <laughs> it's like it's like okay, like Black Christmas was like the original like slasher film, but like that still seems so fresh to me. Like even though like all those ideas have kind of been done to death, like there was there was like a really kind of fresh attitude to it and like you know, it had its own kind of like quirks and everything. Like Alien just I don't know, in, in a way it's it's super creative and 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 great technically and objectively great, but like there's something kind of like vanilla about it. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's got the monsters, it's got all the characters that get picked off one by one. They're like in this claustrophobic space, and like I, I don't know what about it makes it like so incredibly unique that you could only find in that movie. You know what I mean? Well, up until 1979, I think you didn't really have to watch <laughs> yeah. stuff before that. I yeah, mean, but even even though like it's like kind of like the the concepts of it have been done done to death, like it, for something like Black Christmas, like those concepts have been done to death. But if you go back and watch that, like there's still something like so unique about like there's like lightning in a bottle for for a movie like that, and even like Princess Bride that like cannot be captured or replicated in some way and for alien i just don't i i didn't get that there's you know there's not like a like wow this is like you could only find this in this movie you know mm. yeah i mean i kind of get what you're saying and i think it's tougher with this one because because it is so self-contained meaning like all of the action basically takes place on the one ship like we do get to go down to the the planet a little bit lv uh 426 as it's known um mm-hmm. So, like, you get a little bit on there, but not really. And so I think part of the problem that you're finding, and it, it, and it makes sense, is that when you take something and you create a, a bottle episode or a bottle movie, essentially, where you keep everything there, it's hard to set yourself apart from the rest outside of, you know, the score and the lighting and the effects and the creature look. Like, I think that stuff is where you can set it apart from a J cause like if you're going to compare, if we're going to do this and we're going to compare alien to Jason X, I have to like, you're not going to talk about the full experience of the movie, the way that we're talking about alien. Uh, and I think you're getting hung up on the plot, which mm. is fine. I mean, that's, if it didn't, if it didn't cross that threshold for you, like that, that's totally fine. I mean, we, you know, we've talked about this and we'll continue to like, not everybody that we show a movie to is, is going to is going to like it. And especially for these older ones, it's going to be hard to take yourself out of it. I mean, I've talked about it before where it's like I can't enjoy certain things or certain movies because I've seen a million jokes about it on The Simpsons or Family Guy or something where like I get all the references. I get all the moments. You know, I like everything is spoiled for me. And so I can't mm-hmm. I can't 
I know that the technical aspects are there. Like I know the achievement of putting it in its time frame makes sense, but it is a, like a mental hurdle to say, okay, yeah, I know all that stuff, but this just wasn't like exciting or this wasn't interesting or whatever, because I've seen so many similar things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, like, I, I think the things that your, your critiques are kind of on point. I mean, it is a very simple story. It's A to B to C. It's very predictable. Um, there's nothing incredible about the acting. The acting is fine. Um, for me, the riches in the movie are its atmosphere. Like when I think about this movie, when I'm in a mood, when I want to watch it, it's because of the atmosphere, because of, you know, the details and the production design. And I, sometimes I, that's, that's why I like the movie. It's not because of the story or anything else. You know what I mean? Um, if it puts me in a place, if it puts me in a mood, if it, if it does that, then like it kind of gets a passing grade for me. But the fact that it came out in 1979 is kind of, kind of a marvel in itself. And when, yeah, you had all these, all, when you had all these other space movies, you had or space anything, space media, you had these kind of like happy-go-lucky with a little bit of twist, and you know you had like the Star Wars or Star Trek and some other things. So this was like different because it was very just dark. You know, it was just not. There's almost almost a few laughs in the movie or a few smiles, but beyond that. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's fairly different from all the other sort of outer space fare before that. Then you gotta think of like Star Wars came out just like two years before, mm-hmm. you know, and it like took the world by storm, and like it was probably space everything. Everyone was trying probably rushing to release their space movies now, mm-hmm. and and like everyone had, was having space mania at that point, and this was kind of like like a different different take on that, you know, yeah, this, different option, yeah, it's like R-rated thing. Yeah, and I think that that was kind of a probably an intentional move by 20th Century Fox, who also was the distributor of Star Wars. So yeah. I think this was their Star Wars is for kids, tweens, teens. This is the one for adults. This is the one for people who want, you know, some of that body horror, some of that scariness that is lacking from, you know, space sword fighting that we got with, with Star Wars. So I think it was kind of a you know it was a good idea to to kind of move forward with this and to put that out in the world and obviously it you know spawned its own franchise um more so than a lot of the other let's throw everything in space that existed from the 1978 9 to you know today even um what else does anybody else have anything they want to to bring up or discuss i mean i just have li- i have little things here and there like this actually uh, I, 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 high school in new jersey put a play on for this Oh yeah, and like, and like Ridley Scott like thanked them, and Sigourney Weaver came to like an encore performance. I thought that was kind of cool. I'm not sure how yeah. a stage performance would work on this, but uh, uh, I mean, I, I've seen clips of it. Cause oh, was, you have? Oh yeah, Same. yeah. They they put um, like clips on YouTube and Twitter and stuff at the time, um, and it's basically you know like uh, like how they do the costumes for like The Lion King on Broadway, where it's just it's a guy in a suit and he's got. You know, the he's got little handles to operate the longer arms and like the longer legs and stuff. And it's right. strobe lights and it's mists. And, you know, the different sets are basically just the interior of the ship. Uh, and I mean, obviously not having seen the full play or seen the script that they used or anything like that um, from everything that I saw online with the you know a million articles and things about it. People seem to enjoy it. And I mean, it got I think it got official praise, like you said, from from Ridley Scott and, and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I mean, as far as what I have to add, I mean, that's pretty much what I got. I mean, 
I my expectations for Brian, I think were kind of on par. Like I kind of imagined he'd kind of be landing on this. He would think it'd be technically great, but again, I just don't. It's I, I think I know what you like, Brian, and these type of movies. It's just not your your thing at all. Yeah, Brian just doesn't like movies, kind of. Like you're not. <laughs> wow. I mean, partially true. I'm like I like probably ninety five percent of any anything I watch that's like not a YouTube video is uh, is a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I when I was younger, I was watching a lot of like films and and kind of getting into like snooty stuff, you know like French new wave films and like ger- like German expression, Igmar Bergman movies I would watch. And then I, I just, I, I kind of just stopped going down those rabbit holes and just started just really just watching documentaries. Uh, it's just, <laughs> and now it's like an illness, like to the point where like, I just don't even want to watch some kind of narrative film anymore. Like I've, I've like haven't exercised that muscle of, of like watching and sitting through like a story. Um, I, I'd like, well, you know, I want, I would want to know that like it happened to a real person for me to like be invested. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, to, to your point earlier, you saw Jason X. So like what, why you yeah. didn't watch other movies? Yeah. And what's more grounded yeah. than that? Yeah. Do you, Brian, before, before we wrap up, do you want to tell your, your, your thoughts on aliens when you were younger? I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe part of my, um, kind of me not being too, too crazy about this film. I I don't know. I, I, when I was younger, I was like, I loved aliens, like, you know, as a concept and Mm -hmm. I'd read like a lot of books about them. I was like, these things definitely exist. They're out there. It's not a question. Um, so, but I, 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 I was horrified by, um, E.T. the extraterrestrial, <laughs> the film was highly disturbing to me, and it's objectively scarier than this this movie for sure. I was um, gonna ask, what's scarier? Oh my god, are you kidding? Well, because you, you see know, E.T. in his people. element throughout that whole movie, so you he's, know what he's up to. Yeah, you get full frontal and everything. He's yeah. terrible. It, it's you know what? I'm not the only person. There are people out there like me who find. <laughs> Like maybe it's kind of like how some people like are, are terrified of clowns and like yeah. I personally don't have that. I'm not terrified of clowns, but like I'm terrified of ET. Uh, I always was uh, horrified by his appearance as a child and and his to the point where you know the Touchstone logo that would show up after old television shows where he's riding. <laughs> oh, like the, the Amblin. The Amblin, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, not Touchstone. Um. That was a scary logo too, with a lightning. <laughs> but um, you know, I was afraid to watch television because I didn't want to see his profile show up after television shows. I remember at one point there was commercials, maybe advertising the release in the movie on VHS or some kind of re-release, and I didn't watch TV for like a year because of that. I was afraid to see him, um, and his freakish face and his finger. It just it really strikes terror in my heart, it, and like I'm like it really does. It's, it strikes some some nerve. Like it's just he's so bizarre to me, and it's it's like it. What disturbs me is that people find it cute, and he's like a kid child's friend, and it's okay, and he's showing everybody the magic of of friendship, 
Um, but it's it's not okay. He's horrifying to me. And it, the fact that no one else, very little people, feel this way too, even makes it makes it even worse too. Like I'm like I feel like I'm crazy. But like he is scarier than this alien. He is he's more freakish. See what I want to see now, and I'm sure it probably exists, is I want to see someone who made like a fan edit where it is the movie Alien, but every time you see the alien, it's ET. Now, <laughs> yeah, now you're talking about something that would eclipse Jason X. And- <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, I'll task the internet to make that available to me at some point. Uh, I do. I do want to see that. Just as I like, I feel bad laughing. So I'm, so, I'm sorry for your childhood drama. Uh, it's just like because I like you know like you said with the clowns thing like I don't have a problem with E.T. or his look or his freakish demeanor so I like I can't wrap my mind around how that scarred you as a child I mean even to this day sorry for laughing uh, you know even even to this day I can't even no I can't even look at it can't ride it makes me uncomfortable I had no idea I'm so sorry (laughs) yeah so like yeah like, even though it's one of my favorite movies, you just do that like, while he's we'll at work. We'll never watch it together. There it, are people that, yeah, there are people that are like me out there that are terrified. Okay. Of ET, we're out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's great. Um, I mean, I can't think of a better way to wrap this up than that. That's too funny. <laughs> um, but does anybody else have anything else they want to? Uh, to discuss about this movie or E.T. or Jason X or, or any other. I think we've won the gambit on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason X versus Alien. There you go. Let's make it. Ridley Scott, we're calling on you. Uh, cool. All right. Well, that'll do it then uh, for this episode of Fine I'll Watch It. Brian, I want to thank you for coming on and and, and giving this a go with us and, and taking a taking a look at this, you know, this classic sci-fi film. So, you know, thank you so much for being here. Yes, my pleasure. Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it. Like I said, for Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of the movie Alien, the Alien franchise as a whole jason x uh et let us know on facebook and twitter uh if you're one of the people like brian who's afraid of et i want to hear your story as well uh so let us know on facebook and twitter at broken clock pods uh but once again for fine i'll watch it my name is adam i'm johnny i'm bridget and thanks so much for listening